Hello, welcome to the Squarebase podcast and video show featuring featuring me, Rob, and your host, Val. In today's show, we'll be talking about everything to do with the old world. Specifically, we'll be engaging in close combat with the rules about the combat phase. And also, (laughs) discussing the new Tomb King miniatures. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Mr. Val Heffelfinger, the co-host with the most power that's ever happened. How are you? I think I think we just got to go with one beat. So intros, one beat, and then fade out. And I think we'll nail it. That's that's where my in, I don't know. This is the only thing I think we've ever not been on the same page about. I like I is, like the is I like when that to maybe, fade the tune. I think it, what's exciting is that eventually you get the entire like EDM setup. Yeah, <laughs> I just get a loop. I just yeah. I like I like get the loop going. You press a button, Rob, you, light you, you sing a middle C for me, Rob. <laughs> I have, uh, the entire one and a half hour show is just me emceeing over <laughs> Rob, how are you, man? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I'm very excited because tomorrow I'll be traveling over to, I'll be uh, taking a trip to Canada. Uh, so I'll be on a fly heading towards uh-huh. you to play in the very first Square Bass GT, a Warhammer Fantasy Battle 8th edition. So I'm very excited. How is that looking? Are you ready for me? Rob, you may not be aware of this. But everyone submitted their list. It was Amazing. unbelievable. And they were all Warhammer Fantasy lists. It was incredible. Okay, I'm and excited. I had to like, there was one guy whose name was Peacock. So I wasn't even that mad. I'm like, this guy's name is Doug Peacock. Of course he's, but of course he's a big time in me. He's a Peacock. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he was the only late guy, but he was late by like, not even. It was just, he was late in the last day to submit. <laughs> so like, that's pretty, that's the best I've Anything I've ever organized in my entire life, that is easily the best. And although no one replied to a single email I was sending, it was pretty apparent that people read the emails I sent. Like, these are some nerds coming, man. Some nerds are coming. They were they read emails and are were aware of a deadline. Shit's gonna pop off. The lists, I don't know, man. The lists look interesting, the, tough. Like, I realized that I really like my army list because I play in my meta, which involves your things house. I play. <laughs> my house <laughs> people at your house people at my house that borrow armies from me for the most part uh so like i'm like oh i've never i haven't really played dwarves ever with the list i'm bringing in it's super vulnerable and there's a lot of reasons why i'm suddenly very nervous uh but very excited um also i really want to like just take a moment to that we for the for the tournament uh we had a couple people like uh reach out uh, to provide some pretty awesome prize support. Um, actually, one of them I bullied into prize support. One of them reached out to us through this very show. Oh, uh, and at, so it was actually Adam uh, from War Factor who make custom bases and things. What up? Uh, shop uh, shop War Factor Daddy. You only plug you're ever going to hear. Um, uh, provided a gold, silver, and bronze base, and they actually say the F bunker on the inside lip of them. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, so we have first, second, pl- third place for the, uh, square base GT on those. Uh, now I can't wait for like the trophy presentation cause they're literally bases. So like, they're going to be like this friggin' big, <laughs> to be like, I win. Um, so yeah, but we also, on top of that, we got some of the cool prize support from the army painter, um, who, and that's, that's, who, that's who I reached out to. And those guys, Honestly, if you just want some paint, just call them and pretend to be holding the GT. I feel like, yeah, 100%. I feel like those guys will sponsor 
anything with a heartbeat. And uh, I, God Army, bless them. Yeah, Army Paint have really made me realize that paint costs literally pennies. Because like, if you're if you're like, oh, I've fallen down and I need some paint, they're like, no problem. We're no sending problem. you a care pack uh, of paint. <laughs> Off you go. So I'll I'm like, how cheap is this stuff? Yeah, I'm like, how cheap is this? This is crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, this any any industrially produced thing per bobble is going to be pretty cheap. But uh, beyond that, they care enough to do it and uh, sent an outrageous amount of stuff. That's true. Uh, everyone gets an army painter laser beam. Everybody gets. <laughs> Which is so sick. Wait, hold <laughs> what on. could go wrong? Hold on. For everyone in for everyone who's watching this and has become recent fans of the Square Base podcast, thank you for listening. Uh, shout out to uh, me and Val. We got to one thousand subscribers on the YouTube. Let's go! Ah! Yeah, all of the episodes are up on our Podbean app and Podbean Square Based, and maybe are also on Spotify. Not sure about iTunes. Maybe. So so last last week uh, I went toe-to-toe with the um, megalith that is Apple and try to set up an Apple ID. It took me five devices until it would allow me to submit. Turned out an old iPad that I had to literally pull out and charge so that I could log in uh, and set up an Apple ID. So I did get Apple ID set up. Right now, if you look for the podcast, you're going to say, Rob, you're full of shit. There's no podcast. There is. However, no, there isn't. So, because it's not, it has not been picked up yet through our RSS feed into the various platforms. So, last I checked, whenever I whenever I search for Squarebase, it still doesn't show up. However, my hunch is when we publish today, it'll push all that stuff back out, and suddenly there'll be four episodes waiting for all the podcast homies out there. Um, and if that doesn't happen, well, I'll, I will certainly get to the bottom of it um, because everything should be set up going forward from like Friday. Okay, well, good and luck. And like to literally all. everything. If you tell Alexa that you want to, I just triggered your whole house. Sorry about that. If you tell your robot slave that you want to uh, listen to us, you will be able to uh, because we're on literally every mom and pop platform now, in theory. So when we push out the next episode, it should work. All right. Well, okay. Well, there we go. But like milestones for us, first thousand subscribers. But if you are 1,200, the- bro, not oh, even a thousand. We're apologies. like up over 1,200, man. What, 1,200? Uh, I apologize. Uh, well, because obviously our immediate goal, so if you are watching this back, obviously do like and subscribe because our immediate goal is to get to the amount of points that we would need for a Warhammer Fantasy Battle uh, army. So we need at least 2,500 minimum. Yeah. Uh, Depends. But, like, Could be yeah. 2,400. This yeah. is going to be wacky. 2,450. Just to, just to odds spice things they, up. Odds that they even recommend a number? <laughs> <laughs> Just all right, mate. Just play what you feel. Do what you got to do. <laughs> uh, well, before there was like I think two thousand points. Although we did get a comment which was pretty accurate, which was um, every time you guys talk about sixth edition, you're wrong, and that's probably true. And I also assume everything that's true about sixth edition also true about seventh. Not true. So I will say this: I'm pretty sure that two thousand points was important in, in sixth. I think two thousand say like so. Those guys would be like two thousand points. Sounds about right. But when you got to eighth, for some reason, everyone was like, the armies are too big. And then the tournament players were like, I want more points. <laughs> so, they always want more points. Like, the, always. The, yeah, the armies yeah. are huge in, in eighth. Yeah. Every, anyway. every, like, literally come off a conversation this morning where someone's like, oh, oh, there's too many rules in the game. So, like, maybe there should be less rules. Uh, and, like, because we can't finish it in time. And I'm like, could you maybe pay less points? And you, like, and I was shot. 
Like I'm currently nursing a, sh a wound from someone trying to murder me. Um, but what, what I wanted to say was, uh, if you have, this is the first time you have engaged with us and shout out to the Twitch chat, we're streaming this live, um, that Val is running a Warhammer Fantasy Battle event at the Mini Wargaming Bunker this weekend called the Squarebase GT. Some of you might not know that. So I just want to let you know what the hell we're talking about, what tournament you're talking about. You know, it can't be Old World. It's not even out yet. So... Um, oh yeah, we're talking. About, although we did name the video the first old world tournament, uh, which was particularly delightful and uh, and click and clickbaity. Um, the thing I would say about it is there's still four tickets. So yeah, if you're seeing this and you're like, "What? I didn't hear about it somehow." First of all, you heard about it. You've just been lazy this whole time and haven't taken action. So I will forgive you if you want. You can still join us so if you're hype and if you're anywhere near uh, southwestern Ontario. Uh, or or not. Rob's flying from the United Kingdom. What's your problem? Exactly. Um, if you're not American, or if you're American but don't have family you care about because it's Thanksgiving, um, you should uh, come on, come on up, come on up, come on up, or well, down wherever you are. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Excited about the bases. Shout out to whoever those people were. It's cool. But today we've got some incredible gossip, so we can't like we can't dally. I don't want to dally today. No, uh, we've already preambled a lot. A lot of shilling. Yeah, a lot of yeah. shilling. <laughs> uh, Not from me. Speaking of which, Patreons. We haven't even thanked Patreons. We have so many Patreons. Oh my god. Okay. That's so nice. Do you want me to thank some people? Thank you, Patreon. That's it. That's all. Okay. All right. And you know Perfect. what? You know what? No one else has to. So don't subscribe to Patreon, guys. Yeah, we've got it. Yeah, we've, we've got done it. Lots. Yeah, we've literally. We got, hit, we got all the cool ones. We've hit the limit, so we don't anymore. But we could thank Tim Harris. He subscribed. Andrew Thomas. Uh, he subscribed, which is great. Love him. Amazing. Gerald Fitzpatrick. Uh, Thomas Kanoki. Get Kraken. Oh my God. Gray Wolf. Uh, loads of love to him. Jens Baslev. All those love guys. him. Yeah, love him. Jens. Known him since he was a boy. Uh, but he's been very, very active in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, Jens. Well, okay. So, what we're going to do is uh, what do you want to start with first? Do you want to start with the uh, the article? Because uh, I think we should do article. I think we should do article first, actually. Article. Let's, so, leave, with, let's leave with the, the crunch. Yeah. We're going to go with the crunch and then we'll do the Tomb Kang at the end for everyone who's excited about that. So, Love okay. It. Here we go. Uh, and as you'll notice, I've changed the background a little bit. So, it's fully square based now. Ooh. Uh, Done some, done some resizing. So if you can take some moments to appreciate the overlay, podcast mm. listeners, just take a moment and just look outside at something beautiful. That's what it looks like. I got okay. a question. Yep. I got a question. If we're square based, why are we in rectangles? And why am I Nathan? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, the first one's my problem. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the second one is I, anyway. Right. So there we go. There we go. Right. Okay. So the old old will almanac fight the good yeah. fight in the combat yeah. phase. So we'll do there's a classic. Good, there's some good stuff in here. Good stuff. Woo! Good stuff for the Woo! kids. Yeah, I agree. All right. So yeah, combat kids phase. are gonna love it. Yeah, the kids are gonna love it. Uh, there's a bit in here which made me curl up inside of myself and die. I was it, it the opening world. line? Uh, no, it was. Uh, uh, no, no, the opening. What? So far in the run to the old world, we prepared to battle in the strategy phase, jockey position in the movement phase, and darker disguise with arrows in the shoot phase. It's now time to get the grimmest business of all: slinging swords and shouldering pikes. In the no, that's fine. 
No, no, that was fine. Now there's somewhere somewhere where it brags about it being too complicated, and it's like maybe I should talk a little slower. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's a like Grognard dog whistle. Yeah, it was Grog- a Grognard Grognard dog whistle. Yeah, yeah, it's incredibly offensive the way it's written. But anyway, right, okay. So you may not be surprised by this point to discover the fourth and final phase is divided into four simple steps: choose and fight, which is not a great choose and fight, but whatever. Calculate result, break test, and pursue. As with mm-hmm. the student phase, these steps are followed uh, in order for each separate combat. It's too complicated to summarize in full here, because obviously we're so cool. Uh, but this article should give you a flavor of how it all works. You don't, you, you don't, you don't, you guys, you guys would understand. It's too complicated, okay? Only like some people can understand. <laughs> I don't Great, know. I love it. Yeah, like, I, do you even own a movement tray? You suck. Right, you, you idiot. <laughs> you idiot. You have a laser specifically to play this game? Did you go to the Square Bass GT? <laughs> All right, yeah. Do you know trigonometry? Uh, you, begin, <laughs> you begin the phase by choosing which combat you want to begin at first. In general, fighting happens in ranks, and uh, the only the first rank of an engaged unit can fight. However, a unit with a wider fighting rank than its opponent can still attack with every model in that rank. Your troops surround and envelop the other regiment. So let's kick us off there. How do you feel? So this is a this is sort of it sounds like an abstracted version of a rule I vaguely remember, which is called like wraparound, where like if you won combat, you could actually take you could actually like surround the unit on the flanks. Um so uh whereas this feels like if you have a you know that's wider than wider than the one that you're you're fighting um it just sort of you sort of abstract the fact that that unit is wider so it's going to surround the the unit that it's attacking um i i think it's cool and it seems to suggest that the supporting attacks from ranks beyond the front row are going to be exceptions to the rule so either unit special rules or weapon rules um the thing that it, again that irks me right now, and this is is just like everyone's like, oh well, if it's only one attack, if you're not in base, then it's no big deal. I'm like, yeah, but what if you just had a 50 wide unit? Like, <laughs> you don't have to wheel. Uh, you you don't have to wheel, and you have 50 attacks. Um, I'm assuming uh, though. I'm assuming if you're not in base to base contact, and it does kind of allude to that later that you'll only get one attack. Um, yeah, but that's still 50 attacks. Wow. This is my point. It's like, oh, it's only one attack. It's like, yeah. But like, if you just take, if your battle line is as wide as the table, you still get that many attacks. So like, I don't, I, I'm still wondering what the, what the moderating mechanic is supposed to be for, for frontage. Um, because like, yeah, if you have a unit that is ultra oh, maybe wide. It's, maybe it's the wheel. Cause you have to calculate for the wheel. Right? Who needs to wheel if you're six feet long? genuinely doesn't matter oh no don't break the game right now let's just relax this is pretty this is it's just so painful like again i assume this came up in play testing uh and i assume i'm not smarter than this but this will be the first if there is no like rule to like rein this in it is the first thing every asshole like me is gonna try is (laughs) like just make it as wide as humanly possible walk straight uh, and then you have a unit as wide as humanly possible, walk straight. Uh, you know, like, I guess terrain, intervening terrain could get in. Like, but there's never impassable terrain on a on a fantasy board. Anyway, I'm so my speculation, my, my concern level remains, what is the mitigating factor for this? Because you're going to see a lot of, a lot of people at least trying to do bullshit things with it. Or just, like, uh, all, yeah. All it is, is just one piece of terrain in the middle. 
one rock in the middle yeah. of the board. That's it. Solved it. Yeah, that, that okay. could solve it or yeah. partially solve it. Okay, uh, anyway. Because they still have to kill you. Anyway, continuing. Yes. Okay. Uh, there are plenty of wrinkles to this. Some models may make support attacks from deeper rank. Multiple units can be engaged in the same combat. And any model that is able to fight without being in base contact may only make one attack this turn. So there you go. Uh, so there's that. Uh, once you've worked out who can fight, it's time to determine initiative. For, or should we talk about the fact that you can, like, we assume, again, for everyone at home who maybe it's first time, so you normally could fight from a second rank if you had something like spears. Because obviously they add a rule so to be like oh you know you're using spears sometimes units will be able to fight in more ranks because they'll have special rules to also say that as well so that's how you'll end up with that like additions normally like all these games work in exceptions right these are the rules yeah. but these things break those rules there's an exception uh, so it could also it could also be an open order versus closed order thing too um you, you never know because again eighth edition had two two rules that were really different from previous editions that changed combat significantly one was that you could fight in two ranks, so anyone in the second rank could give a supporting attack. And the other one uh, was something called Step Up, which we haven't seen confirmed or denied yet. Um, so Step Up meant that if you got into combat and the other person swung before you and uh, killed everyone in your front rank, you would, you would abstract the fact that obviously the guys in, would step up and fill that rank and you would still be able to fight back. Um, so that was very, very different to how games were previously. Before, if you got in, wiped out the front rank, no one would be alive to swing back at you. Um, uh, so th no, they have, they do mention that in the article. No. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We'll, we'll get okay. through. Um, uh, once you've worked out who can fight, it's time to determine initiative for each model and see who strikes first. The model with the highest initiative statistic strikes first, and so on down the order. With a bonus controversial. With a bonus for charging and a bigger one for hitting them in the flank or rear. There could still be a situation, however, where a lumbering, rumb, a lumbering foe like a stone troll, who's initiative one, may find itself striking second on the charge against the preternatural senses of a swordmaster of Hoeth, who's initiative six. Okay, talk to me. I'm pretty sure this is a core mechanic from Warhammer Army's project. Um, okay. And so essentially, again, one of the big, one of the big things... Uh, one of the many big changes to how combat worked in 8th edition was instead of the charger going first, so you also uh, didn't guess, you had random charges, so we've already saw that in the movement phase, check out the video if you haven't. Uh, and then the second one was um, uh, that uh, chargers uh, don't go first, they uh, strike at initiative order. Uh, and this always made intuitive sense to me, I guess maybe, maybe in, in 40k 7th that's how it worked, maybe that's why. But, um, and I can't remember if it did or not, but regardless, what they took here was to give an initiative bonus to the charger, which I think is super cool. Before, you only would get a, uh, a bonus to combat resolution if you charge, so it was plus one in your combat res, and we'll cover that in a second. Um, but now, you get a bonus to your initiative, and you get a bigger bonus to your initiative if you're charging into a more vulnerable place on your opponent. So that means if you you know if you charge them in the back, maybe you get plus two to your initiative. Suddenly, a human can get the jump on, uh, maybe not a swordmaster of Hoth, but maybe uh, you know a, an elf or something like that. Mm. Um, so I think it's I think it's a pretty cool way to uh, give a charger uh, a benefit for charging without completely removing um, what's the word? Uh, uh, I don't know, like. Uh, not realism. Realism is not the word I'm looking for. Immersion. I, I, I feel like sometimes it was a bit weird if like a bunch of goblins, these beautiful goblins in this photo, 
in this in this painting. Sorry. Um, uh, you know, if they, if they charged into the Swordmaster of Hoth in a previous edition of the game, they would strike first, and that sometimes felt a little weird. But isn't that like what ambushing is? You know, like you know, it, it's super fair to say like, oh, these guys are you know are quicker. But I'm like, if you jump out from the dark or behind a building and shank someone. Like, there's only so fast they can be, right? They're not, like, time stoppers. Well, I guess to put it into perspectives that a former doorman might understand, <laughs> if I came running at you, I would still get punched in the face first. Yes. Uh, yeah, that would, <laughs> that would make sense. But, but as did happen to me uh, when I was in the toilet once, if you're checking a cubicle and someone just jumps you from behind, yeah, mm -hmm. doesn't matter mm -hmm. how fast you are, like <laughs> they've got the they've got the they got the jump on you so so they get a little bit of an initiative bonus and that's why i think it's really really neat and again uh shout out to elias this is a uh, another clear influence i think from our armor's armies project this is not a mechanic i think that existed previously uh in the game so it's cool yeah uh okay yeah uh, right okay i, I like it I, I i'm gonna say i like it i like it uh i think my my favorite version of initiative that's in any game so far is if you're the person who does a charge then in it's your turn you go first and then it just goes you go i go um mm. i think adding in always strikes first always strikes last and all that other nonsense ends up ends up really causing some like massive problems in the game and then you know immediately it's hard really to like you know immediately knowing elves will always strike before other stuff has just got an inherent feel bad to it um which you know like i understand it and like and i think one of the things that i'm most excited about warhammer fantasy battle is it gives me the the mouth feel of like the story if that makes sense like you know you're absolutely right uh, an elf is fast but a little weakling so yeah it's faster than a troll but should be able to not hurt a troll as easily so mm -hmm. you know um so i agree I agree. Uh, so I think there's interest, especially, you know, getting rewarded for doing flank charges, getting rewarded for doing rear charges, etc. Yeah. Feels like a bonus. Okay. Um, would you work to can fight sometime and initiate? Oh, we've done that already. Okay. Now, this is easily maybe the worst thing I've seen written. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, wait, is it still? Yes. The, maybe the worst thing I've seen written on a Warhammer community article ever. Oh, wow. Ever? Okay. okay. Hit me. What, what's so, what is so, so, okay, go ahead. The big news is that we're back to classic weapon skill stat. I'm super cool with that. That's fine. And like you said uh -huh. last week, I like the weapon skill versus weapon skill. It really really makes me feel like a an excellent duelist is against a shlub. No problem. Mm -hmm. uh, which means high weapon skill is better, obviously. And uh, that to work out each model's role to hit, you must compare your weapon skill against theirs. Yes, the to hit chart is back, and it's as beardy as ever. Yeah, all right. Come on. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like beardy is like for so for people if you're like a total war fan and you've never been into warhammer before beardy is a term that idiots use uh to describe uh some a feeling that they have inside but they don't know how to communicate that feeling outwards what they're saying is is that they're emotionally stunted and they're unable to like uh really express what's happening in a game and so they go you're a beardy and then, uh, you know, everyone crumples inside of themselves because of the cringe that they're feeling. Uh, sure. And it's also literally just numbers, guys. We don't have to be frightened. We don't have to be scared. Uh, and I'll, and it's pretty easy to, to parse this chart as well. There's something really interesting about it that's very different than previous times. Do you know what it is, Rob? No, no, I don't. Uh, can I just read out this? It reminds me of being a team player. This is in the chat. Uh, of being patronized by older players. Like... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think it does. But anyway, um, uh, I mean, thing- they are. They, they, I mean, something that we have been picking up on, and uh, it's particularly uh, emphasized in this one is that you know, uh, simpler, not simple, uh, was sort of the forty k selling point. And this is supposed to be the game for big brains, clearly. This is the game that's too complicated. You won't understand. Uh, <laughs> do, you so, think, like the, the, I don't, do you think that I, like, someone in the marketing department is like, right, okay, sell this for people who want to be big brains. That's what we want. Do you honestly think that's the plan? Or it's not just some, like, Grognard article writer? writer? What do you think a Grognard thinks he is? <laughs> you think... Okay. You, you, all right. Like number one complaint from like this crowd, and this is why they kept the seventh edition rule set in heresy, is that the other games aren't tactical. They're too simple. They're yeah. too simple. Yeah. Uh, which is nonsense. The um, also furious that there's a lady in the Bretonian army. Furious. <laughs> upset about <laughs> it. Uh, the thing but that's anyway. different about this chart is that we get some two pluses. That's what you're gonna tell me, right? That's what I'm gonna say. That and I don't know how I feel. Okay, oh, can you explain? Can feel. you explain to me the situation before and the, the situation now? Right. So it's very simple. If you had the same weapon skill as your target, you hit on fours. If you had one better than your your target, you hit on threes. Um, and then if your uh, opponent was twice as good as you plus one, this is most easily represented by looking at uh, the target's weapon skill as being. Um, uh, a three and your weapon skill being a one, you're hitting on fives. So double plus one meant that you would hit on fives. And that was as bad as it got. So as good as it got was a three, and as bad as it got was a five. Um, what they, the logic that they've applied to this chart is to, they haven't done sixes to hit, which is great, uh, but they have added twos to hit, um, which is... Um, Again, I don't know how I feel. That that actually increases combat output potential massively. So it was possible to hit on twos in the in the old game for sure, and in the old games, mm-hmm. certainly in eighth edition, you could get bonuses to hit. So you could modify the the dice roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could get a plus one to hit, and you'd hit on twos, um, and then that would be a very, you know, that'd be a you know you're hitting a lot, but you're doubling your output. You know, going from from two to a three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, maybe not doubling. That's that's extravagant. But nonetheless, significantly in- increasing your output, uh, going from a from a three to a two, and um, yeah. So I don't I don't. So that means combat is immediately more killy in in lopsided weapon skill scenarios. Uh, the good news is that the attacker can still hit back um, with with a reasonably high rate. Um, and uh, I'm also curious that now that now that it's at a two up, if they have any bonuses to hit, can you get to a one up? Like, i.e., can you make it so that if you have a negative, like basically you get to a situation where you're stacking modifiers, like you could have a negative, like a, a plus one to hit against a negative one to hit and you're still hitting on twos? I'm just curious about this. I think uh, I think the fact that like the worst you can hit on is fives is great. I love yes. that. Uh, and I again, I, I do like the representation that we see here in that, like, you know, a much stronger melee character is more likely to hit, uh, you know, which is also a huge positive as well. So yes. I, I generally am very fine with this chart again. Um, like, this is okay. That Like, and, you know, there's none of this, like, I need to roll a six and then I need to roll a four. And one of the things that is obviously much better, or hopefully will be much better in Warhammer Fantasy Battle, is that they we have a lot more combat in the game. Combat is inherently more engaging than shooting. 
Uh, it just is yes. like so, you know, uh, mainly because there's like a you go, I go kind of situation, which I think is a, a huge positive. So I, I'd like to see the combat be good and this feels fine. Uh, I'm if I'm honest, so I'm happy with this. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I'm again, this is a, one of the rare changes that I've, I've just been like, mm. I guess it's just because I really liked the fact that in combat, no matter how hot shit you were, unless you had some other modifier, you're still hitting on threes like the rest of us, you know, like it gave it gave lopsided fights like it felt like you were still in those fights. Um, whereas maybe this is better. So yeah, it's all I, good. I, I'm not I'm not mad about it. I'm just like I have to I have to be aware of, you know, my resistance to change and I need to embrace it and 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 carry on. OK. All right. Good. Yeah, I, I personally yeah, okay. I personally <laughs> would be quite disappointed if like, you know, a high elf lord uh, can't hit, <laughs> you know, a goblin on like a two. And I'm like, what is going on? So yeah, this is good. All right. Okay. Chat is helping. I want to call it chat is helping me out with my very, uh, it is just after six o'clock in the morning here. Uh, it doesn't double your hit rate, but it does half your miss rate is what that does. Perfect. We love that. All right. You roll as many dice as engaged models have attacks and with a higher initiative model striking first, a charging unit has the opportunity to overwhelm its enemies before they have a, the wit to swing back. Next, you roll to wound and make armor saves as normal. Casualties removed from the back ranks representing the rear rank stepping forward as their comrades bite the dirt set every death in each unit aside so that so this gets rid of your the front rank vanishes right because you take from the back so your front rank will still get to swing that's interesting um that i have not seen anyone read that that way yeah you um, it says you take your casualties from the back which means your the, front rank is still there in games without step up I'm pretty sure you still remove casualties from unengaged models. Um, so, like, you would still be, generally speaking, removing from the back rank. It was just that, abstractly, there was no one in the front row. So, I, again, they haven't, to me, that I, that's very hopeful. I hope they step up. Really do, because well, I think... But they say it's representing the rear ranks stepping forward as their comrades bite the dirt. But when do they step forward? Rob, do they step forward after the combat? Or do they step forward Wait, immediately? So you're, telling, you're telling me, like, so just a straight on front to front combat. I've got some dudes. You got some dudes. You charge my dudes in the front. You kill some dudes. I take those dudes out the back, and then we're like, no, none of the dudes in the front can fight. That feels. That's how it worked for every edition until eighth. Okay, uh, that would be bananas to me. Like that would be weird as hell, in my opinion. Right. I agree. I, I liked I I agree. And it's I have not I've not noticed anyone notice so far that they are alluding to step up being a thing and that, that so makes like, me happy. It, I would be nothing but happy. Because it immediately like like triggers so many advantageous stat points. Movement and charges immediately become far more significant. Uh, like immediately um uh, initiative becomes even more impactful and less like you know it's not just yes. you get to swing first you get to make it so you can't even fight me back and also 100%. and most importantly it does the worst thing it makes a game that's unengaging you charge yes. me i have to watch you do everything and then i get yes. no retort yes. takes us back you to why to... why it's bad about shooting uh yeah and you would have to also just hope you get by on combat resolution oh that's what so so you're telling me already my tray of wound markers, yeah, <laughs> which I've lovingly painted yeah, there, and then you're like, but don't worry, you've got a flag and you've got what? You've got three units of those wound markers, so you win. You're like, this sucks, man. Robo, so respect you, like, and I'm saying you gave me hope here. I'm trying to say, let's. I'm just trying to say you're giving me hope that step up's a thing. 
I hope it's a thing, because that sounds silly otherwise. All right, calculating the combat result. Uh, combats in Warhammer, the old world, are usually decisive. Okay. Uh, one not side, true, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, combats in the old world, not Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Um, oh, oh, okay. I also yeah. doubt it based on what happens, what they describe that follows, but continuing. <laughs> <laughs> One side or the other makes a breakthrough and the loser is pushed back or breaks. Unlike in other Warhammer games, you don't flee based on your leadership alone. You have to calculate the combat result. In other words, you work out who's won by totting up who's killed who. It's actually exactly what happens in other games, but whatever. Uh, it's not just how many deaths you've caused, however. You get bonuses for complete ranks, for having the high ground, standard bearers, or attacking in the rear. So I'll quickly run through what they are. Unsafe wounds inflicted is one point each. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you've done five, it's five. Rank bonus gets you one point per rank. Standard bearer gives you one point per standard. Your battle standard gives you an additional one point. Feels like that should be two, but whatever. Because you'll only have one, right? Um, well, you actually do get two, because normally you would have a standard in the in the unit, and if you also have a BSB, you get an extra point. So it is okay. kind of like having two. All right. Uh, flank attack. So uh, yeah, ch charging the flank, you get plus one. Rear attack, you get plus two. If you're on the high ground, which will never happen, because no one's doing hills, you get plus one. Uh, and then overkill plus one point excessive wound. And that'll be where you kill a character with overkill or, a, or like a multi-wound model with overkill. Uh, it could be that you inflict more. So this we'll have to get the definition. And actually, I was trying to think of what happens here. But this could also just be like you, you deal 20 wounds. There's 10 guys in the unit. Okay, so yeah. you might get you might get credit for just like slaying the hell out of uh, slaying the hell out of. Uh, uh, your opponent, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then you got to add it all up and see who's won. If it's draw, combat continues next turn. But if there's a clear loser, they must take a break test. Uh, this is a leadership test modified. Anyway, we'll talk about break tests in a second. Combat results, combat scores. What are you thinking? Um, well, I think overall, so one, the overkill of um, the overkill thing is kind of interesting. Uh, I'm just trying to find right now the, um, the bonuses. Uh, disruption. Yeah. Anyway, uh, wounds inflicted here. This is what I wanted to see. Oh, right, maybe because I'm supposed to So yeah, you only really got nonetheless. Our worst take heart from the harm inflicted in such powerful foes, even if they were not yet down for the count. Do not count wounds that were saved. In other words, only count unsaved wounds. Okay. Um, so it was before it was unsaved wounds. This looks to me like it's just wounds. So that's a big deal too. So if you get in there and you absolutely shred, um, then that's then that's that's good. But I guess if you have it's if you have wounds. it's on unsaved. If you wounds. have overkill, overkill. Yeah, you must be right. Yeah, because if you overkill a unit, there's no one there to resolve combat res. Uh huh. Um, overkill must have something to do with characters and and stuff like in um in challenges and things, which we haven't heard about. Um, the biggest thing here is that rank bonus is described as one point per rank, which is again dangerous. Um, because you can only be as deep as you are wide. There's no reason why you couldn't be a hundred models and 10 deep and get yourself plus 10 combat res. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm assuming there's uh, a there limiting is. factor. They, they said something about like the orders. I think that like the formations, I very much doubt you're going to be able to have a conga line of dudes. You can't, it's not a conga line. It is a giant square. You can't be longer than you are wide and get a rank bonus. Okay. That's how the rule is set up right now. So immediately, my thought is like all, all, every other game, um, every other every other game has always placed a limit on how many ranks you uh, get a bonus for. Um, 
or it was an outnumber bone. Like if you outnumbered your opponent, you got a bonus of some kind. Mm. Uh, we don't see that here. So I'm assuming there's like a, a cap on that of plus three or whatever. Um, but again, as written in this limited uh, thing that we have, my immediate thought is, okay, maybe we need to we need a bit more information because one point per rank could be a bit broken very easily. Okay. Uh, okay, uh, Rob, you've never played eighth against units so hundred copies in shows. Uh, uh, a Reaper in the chat. I've, I've specifically mainly played eighth edition against uh, one hundred goblins, and guess who that was? Mister Nathan Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> God bless. He has. He had. I think by the end of one fantasy battle, I think he had three hundred goblins fully painted, which I would pay, play against every week. So uh, yeah. <laughs> my dear, my uh, good friend out here, Jeff Brown. Uh, he his his eighth list was four blocks of a hundred goblins. <laughs> yeah, uh, go. Yeah. Uh, when I when I because oh, I was talking to him about like oh, I've got I've got like a hundred and fifty goblins. It feels pretty good. He's like, bro, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a list once uh, of uh, skate. Uh, sorry, lizard men. Sorry, get the words right. I, I wrote uh, a list of lizard men, which I literally called big blocks, no brains. Which was just like just a tonosaurus, and I was just like push it forward, and I was like I've got this. And then Nathan turned up with just like four hundred goblins, and I was like, oh, I truly don't have the no brains, <laughs> no brains. <laughs> well, if you gave him spears, you're at least dumping a lot of attacks out. Like, you know, I did, I did, I did. Don't worry. Uh, anyway, nope. this is leadership test modified by how. So now we get onto the break test, right? This is interesting uh, now. Uh, this, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, it's all interesting, right? The the well, I know, but this is this is this is this is a completely, as far as I know, new mechanic. And it, it we talked last week, for example, in the last episode, we talked about uh, some speculation about um, uh, rules that might be coming in from previous games, specifically Warhammer Ancient Battles. And this is actually explaining how they're using something that they they use in Ancient Battles, as well as I believe Fourth Edition. Correct me if I'm wrong in the in the comments, uh, which is what they're calling here "give ground" or in other games called "pushback." So can, yes. Okay. Well, okay. So this is leadership test, break test. So you've done you've you've done the combat, you've won the combat, they take a break test. Leadership test modified by how much you lost the combat by and with several outcomes. If you roll and there's a chart, it's actually easier to kind of talk about. So um if you roll like above your natural uh if the natural roll is higher than the leadership stat of the testing unit's leader, uh, either the champion or the hero model that's joined it, then the unit breaks and flees. If the modified role is higher than the leadership stat, but the natural role is lower, uh, the unit falls back in good order. And if the modified role is lower than leadership stat, or if you're on a double one, you give ground. As you can see, this is a substantial change for combat rules for the last few editions of Warhammer Fantasy Battles, and instead combines and refines a selection of rules from earlier editions and spins off of the game. It may seem complex at first glance, but it's a mechanic that quickly becomes clear once you've run through it a few times. So, and then they've done, which I am obsessed with, a chart, which is like, yes. let's go. I love this. This is great. Um, so I really like this. So modified roll or equal lower than the leadership, then you give ground. Modified roll higher than leadership, you fall back in good order. Um, and then natural roll higher than leadership, break and flee. So how do you feel about this? Um, it, it, this is one of the first ones that I found myself uh, like having to take a second to chew over and, and understand. It is cool uh, that they've taken... So basically, they took a modified value. I don't know anything else that kind of works like this. They took a modified value, but also... The normal hold, value. They, so they it, hold the normal value. Both, both, both are in play, which is neat. 
So I like can that. I just can I just tell everyone? That's, that's, uh, finding, that's finding some design space. It is maybe in a place you didn't expect to find it. Maybe maybe it's like finding some some cupboards underneath the stairs. You know, <laughs> some coins behind the couch. Um, <laughs> so just for everyone in the chat. So like, let's say let's say a unit's leadership is leadership nine. That's the unmodified yes. leadership. However, mm -hmm. when you're doing break tests, uh, obviously whatever the combat result is going to be. So let's say it's a combat result of five. Yeah, mm -hmm. then what's going to happen is if you roll two dice and you roll a five, that's going to be a 10. So that's going to be over your normal leadership. So that's an un that's the that's the modified result, basically. Yeah, you'll take Cl away close. It's your leadership value that's modified, not the dice. So yeah, it's, okay. it's close. Yeah, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you would, and that's what's happening. So you're basically doing a test against what your natural leadership is and then what the combat result minus well the your leadership minus the combat result is so that's what you're that's what's currently happening so that actually makes this is really good for good leadership units right yes um because yeah it always gives them which is which is interesting because like so the the top the basically the lower is better on a leadership check um and so that means that um if you pass both roles which i would assume means that you've done the best you can do in this scenario you give ground Yep. So I'm I'm curious to know really what the difference between give ground and fall back in good order is um, from from a rules perspective because fall back in good order means you failed your modified check but you didn't fail your actual leadership check so you still roll below a nine but above a five um, falling back in good order and then if you if you just blow both of them then yeah you you have your old school break and flee you're at risk of losing the entire unit if they get chased down yes. Um, so yeah, fall back in good order is what I'm most curious about in this. It feels like less units though, like because you've got like a double chance here before you even get to breaking and fleeing, and you wouldn't always necessarily run down your opponent's units either. Right? Yes, there's still a chance you you escape. Yes, yeah. So like, so they've added another step in to stop you from being chased down, and also they've given a bonus to low leadership armies, which I do think were like did were did have a problem again because all of the things that we've talked about previously, movement elves are faster. Yeah, initiative elves are faster. Leadership elves are higher. And so once you start to get armies where just everything is a higher number, it's unsurprising that they ended up being generally just better. Um, right. You know, in the meta, because you just had like, so this adds some consistency for the armies while still giving you the narrative that they're, you know, dumb stone trolls or whatever. So yes, I feel that that's a huge positive. Absolutely. There's also a lot of mechanics that were built into the game previously to help you in this scenario namely um uh you could use your general's leadership uh, as your own so usually that meant that if you were as long as your general was alive and they were within 12 or 18 depending on what they were they were on um you could generally speaking have the best leadership in your army and the second was your 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 uh, battle standard bearer would allow you to re-roll all leadership tests in eighth edition previously it was just all break tests um, so, or sorry, uh, combat results, I think. <clears throat> so that meant that even if you were, you know, needing a really low roll, um, you would be modifying a higher number and you would have a chance to re-roll against that number. So I'm curious that now that um, this is less decisive, uh, or at least less immediately decisive, like if you were to lose a lopsided combat with a very good unit, um, uh, there's a good chance you're not losing the entire unit. In previous episode, I talked about how it was a big adjustment for me to get used to the idea that um, combat resolution, which is what we're talking about here, was where a lot of the damage would be dealt because you would lose units, not necessarily because they were killed to the man, but because they would break and flee from combat and get chased down. 
Um, now it's much less likely that that is going to be the outcome. Um, and uh, so I wonder if they also will have as many buffs to being able to juice your leadership and also reroll these types of things. Yeah, I think I think having <clears throat> I think that I think that there's an additional feel bad with just having units run down very quickly, uh, you know. And everyone's got a great story of where they they incited a mass panic across the entire of someone's army and the whole thing ran off. But actually, game design wise. I travel across town, wherever, yeah. to come and play you. We put our models down. You cannon off a character turn one, and then everyone runs and flees. And you're like, well, yeah. this is this is a terrible game start to finish. Well, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the game's <laughs> fault, not the player's fault. So the game needs to protect the players in lots of ways. That's how I, that's how I think about game design nowadays. Yeah, the, wor the worst example of that happening to me was actually in 7th edition 40K, not fantasy, in which someone shot. I had four Riptides, one in a unit of three. And they killed the unit of one and the three broken right off the table. So I lost four <laughs> riptides. <laughs> Sucks. Uh, thank you to Prince Fox for subscribing for the first time. That's cool. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so uh, we'll be discussing morale, breaking, and psychology next week, but we'll still investigate the final step of combat. Pursuit. Run them down. When you win a go. combat, you have a range of choices depending on how many the enemy reacts. Uh, restrain is you pass a leadership test to avoid pursuit and instead reform your ranks for free. Follow up, Great. a unit that gave ground... Uh, re-entering combat a few inches forward. So it does sound like giving ground means you do get to move back. And then pursue a unit that flees or falls back. If you catch a fleeing unit, it's cut down and destroyed. If you catch a unit falling back, combat begins again, and the pursuer counts as having charged. Okay, you... cool. All right. Go on. Do you want me to run, read over on, or do you want to do those three first? Uh, I think those three first, because I just, uh, sorry to interrupt you, that, that, but it just uh, pursue answered my question about what falling back in good order, what the benefit of that is. Mm -hmm. um so i guess what i'm seeing here then is that follow-up gives you the opportunity to not uh actually pursue um so if they gave ground you can actually stand there so this if that's important like in your opponents if your opponents charge you or say a combat has lasted to your opponent's turn and uh and they they are pushed back um follow-up means that you can actually choose not to not to go like you can you can actually just stand there allowing you to shoot it or charge it again or any number of things mm -hmm. um and then on um on pursue that's what falling back in good order is that means that you fall back but you don't you don't lose the unit if you get caught uh so that's interesting yeah i mean these feel very standard um like what i would expect the, the results to be but they do give you a bunch of options and i like that the options in some cases and like you know uh, a more organized force is able to restrain versus you know a bloodthirsty horde is less likely to restrain and is about to eat forward which adds a lot of story the i'm i'm seeing old world like this is the lens i'm viewing it through nowadays i'm seeing old world as a game that is attempting to tell us as much of this the story of how the units work uh, while playing the game versus like mm -hmm. a well-constructed game like mm -hmm. uh, like that's kind of what i'm after and I'm, I'm i'm cool for that like that's that's very fun uh and then we got overrun in the case of the oh. victor because it's a good story point there go on and also what's cool is that um again re re relating back to that dynamic point mm. combats before if 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 you if if i lost the combat but i passed my leadership test everyone just stays put that is not a possible outcome anymore no matter what happens if at the end of the combat the, the units are going to be moving. The game state uh, will or like the, will, will change. Um, there's no longer going to be static battle lines of just guys standing there and swinging at each other until someone runs away. Now there's uh, 
because you could get to a situation where one guy wins one turn and the, the other guy wins the next turn. You know, you could have a back and forth. That's really um, cool. So again, it it adds it adds a little it adds a you know a little bit more um, like what you were just talking about. Like it adds a little bit more narrative feeling to the push and pull of battle, which is is fun. Yeah, uh, which which I'm all for. And then we've got overrun. In the case of the victor has completely killed its target, it may make a full move directly forward. If you end up in another combat, that counts as a fresh charge. Clever use of overruns will have heavy cavalry licking its lips. So such a weird phrasing. To like, <laughs> like what am I? Am I meant to just picture a horse licking its lips there? Like what? Precisely. <laughs> Chewing a carrot, getting ready to kill things. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, there's plenty more to the combat phase. Wizards can use assailment spells. For instance, while units fighting from behind a barricade or wall benefit from uh, the extra protection. Uh, while units fighting from behind a barricade or wall benefit from the extra protection. Like, it feel, feels like that's a sentence that wasn't finished in the article. It's like, for instance, and then just, like, like, do you, like read that with me. There's plenty more to the combat phase. Wizard could do assailment spells. Perfect. For instance, while units fighting from behind a barricade or wall benefit from the extra protection. Stop. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. And they, they just and they, they do have really spells. harsh they do have really harsh word count limits. So it could be that they just deleted the <laughs> next two sentences. That like is very Twitter, possible. Like Twitter is like you cannot write anymore. And they're like, yeah. Oh sad. Okay. Uh, there are other rules such as it just this didn't work. Because neither of these because neither of the two next rules relate to being near a wall. So it's just important to talk about. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So we've got two different uh, spells. We've got Hammer Hand, Hammer Hand, which is cast on seven, and uh, a single enemy unit engaged in the caster is 2d3 strength four hits at AP-2. And you've got Soul Eater, which is also cast on seven, um, and a single enemy model the caster is engaged in combat with suffers a strength three hit with a multiple wounds three rule with no armor saves permitted, ward and regeneration saves can be attempted as well. So that feels pretty good. Three wounds to an enemy character in range. Um, yeah, so you know like, what? Go on, after you. No, it's just kind of interesting that in the combat phase, like sub phase breakdown, they don't say when magic happens. So I'm curious to know when when does this happen? Does this happen? At, is this an attack? Like, does it happen at the wizard's initiative step? Does it happen at the top of like after at like does it happen at the start of the yeah, turn? I, re I reckon this happens at the wizard's initiative step. That makes the most sense. You like you get to the wizard and you're like, what are you can do with your wizard now? And he's like, right, he's gonna do an assailment spell. Um, I think is going to be the situation, which legit is awesome. Like, like, like now I'm just like absolutely hype about that. Having a whiz in the front ranks. He's like, hammer hands. That's cool. I, I mean, I really, I mean, it doesn't seem like much at first glance, but two to three strength, four hits with an AP of two. That's pretty dope. That's, you know, averaging four hits in this game. Again, does this hint at more attacks for characters? Because in 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 the old game, you know, if you had four hits, that means you were probably either a very efficient uh, weapon skill and maybe had a reroll, uh, or you had a bucket of attacks because you know you're not hitting them better than the three. So you know, four hits, uh, you know, uh, four four strength, four hits with an AP of neg two. That's that's very good, uh, at least from the frame of reference of eighth edition. Um, so yeah, I don't know, hammerhand OP, hammerhand's really good. Like it sounds Seems good. It sounds Seems good. good. Yeah, and even sold. Also, is good. hammers for hands, mate. Yeah, me hands are hammers. Me hands <laughs> are hammers. Okay, that's it for this week's rule snapshot. Next uh, week's installment is about morale and psychology. Uh, fear, what was the other one? What was, 
Well, we didn't do the second either. one. We did. I, did. Yeah. I talked about it. It's multiple strength three, one single strength three here, multiple wound three, no armor saves, but ward saves and also regen saves can be taken. Cool. Yeah. Very um, cool. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's particularly good into certain units that just are only the armor save, right? Um, uh, are only armor save or, um, you know, like an ogre or something like that where you probably don't have a good armor save, but you got lots of wounds. Um, yeah, yeah but not as cool as Hammerhand. No, no, not as good as Hammerhand. And, and it's a strength three hit as well, so that's still going oh, yeah. to wound. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, okay. uh, but that's, and then next week's going to be Terra. So, like, how are you feeling? What's your feelings, uh, you know, coming off that article? My feelings are actually coming off of this discussion even better than they were when I read the article. When I read the article, you saw I, I, I have this tendency of spamming Rob while he's trying to do things during his day. Well, uh, especially two days before I'm about to fly to another country. Which apparently is my house. Um, so, so, uh, so anyway, and so I understand that usually it is a one-sided monologue, but I was very excited yesterday as I was messaging about these things uh, in a non-consensual manner. And uh, I think actually, once you pointed out that step-up thing, man, like I'm even happier now. Like, I think that's, that's very good. I think there are two elements that seem too obvious to obviously not not have some sort of mechanic that resolves them, namely unlimited rank bonuses and unlimited width. Um, I think I think there's definitely going to be things that that must mit- I really hope will mitigate them. And if they don't mitigate them off of uh, out of out of the gates on day one, there will be a, some form of fix for them later, because um, they do just seem immediately as 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 things that would be busted up by a tournament player immediately. Um, but, but uh, a, yeah, no, a, I'm, I'm very excited. They've had a bunch of tournament players playing through this, so I'm assuming that there's... A Th- and that's why, that's why I'm very... Because I know that that is something that people are concerned about. Uh, and so, like, so I'm, I'm quite confident that, that if, if it's obvious to me, I am by no means... I am, I am not the audience Warhammer community is, is writing for. I am not the big brain. Um, and uh, if I can spot something that may be abusable, uh, that means that, like, I'm missing something even bigger, so... If there, if it's that plainly obvious that that it would at least create like non-immersive situations, um, then I'm sure it's been caught in playtest. My only concern is that what I've said about units stepping up or whatever is wrong, and <clears throat> I would find that I would find that bad game design. My personal opinion: the fact that you don't get to swing back feels. I understand people people are going to say, oh, "Hey, Rob, no, like it makes a lot of sense." Like you know, you you ride in, you wipe out the front rank. And I'm just like that. Just isn't that isn't also even how ancient battles happened. That is hundred percent. That's not how it worked. They didn't just go in, wipe out the front rank, and everyone stood behind them. We're like, well, I guess we'll stop. Like <laughs> they went. In. So again, we're talking about game mechanics that people had, like, because a lot of people kept playing the older editions of the game, and especially since the you know the game was ended, um, when people decided on which edition to go back and play, they a lot of them have picked ones before eighth edition, which is awesome. Like they really really love them. But as a result, they've been playing this game in a certain way, which is guess your charge range. So you never know what your charge range is. But if you do make the guess right and you get the the hop on your opponent, that means that you get the chance to kill them before they can kill you. So like that was that is basically that was the, the heart and soul of maneuver and how you played Warhammer for a lot of people before eighth edition and also up until this present day. So it is Jesus. It, it does seem like for an 8th edition player, it is uh, actually, it does kind of ruin my immersion, the idea that, you know, like, ah, they hit each other 
And then just the front rank dies and the guys behind him are like, whew, glad it wasn't him. You know, like, you, I'm glad you know? I can leave the war. I'm off to leave Ooh. the war now. <laughs> Ooh, dodge that one. Uh, you know, like that, that to me always uh, uh, just, just seems, that always seemed a bit weird to me. So, but I can see how that, that is, if that was how you thought about the game and that's how you thought about everything, everything to do with your strategy, then yeah, it would be jarring to not have that. However, it sure feels like a couple of things are, are highlighting this to me that we we're going to have deadlier combat. So you have it's easier to hit for elite troops uh, and also your characters, which will probably be a big deal. Um, and uh, and it also seems like you might not have supporting ranks behind you, but you can certainly have supporting attacks uh, on your, uh, you know, on your files that are outside of base to base contact. Um, it feels to me like there's going to be more damage potential and that maybe that's why they wrote that combats are often decisive feels like there's more damage potential in combat. Um, and therefore I would assume step up exists. Um, but we'll see. Interesting. Okay. Well, so, uh, the final piece, the final piece of this puzzle for this week, uh, very excitingly is, uh, the preview that we got and that oh, is yeah, the, the rumors about the, the rumors about the zombie dragon, sorry, the skeleton dragon. Turns out we Is this were even right. real? Turns out we were right, buddy. Turns out we were right. Look um, at that good boy. Worst uh, photo of a model I've ever seen, though. Yeah, okay. Let's jump off from the let's jump off with a, like a, a bad bit. Is the photo is really bad and makes it look really flat. Okay. Well, That's we And also agree. you can't see most of the model. You can't see the wings. Like it, like it's hard to parse what you're looking at from this angle on it. Because it's also so. been it's been displayed against a white background. And Indeed. even the launch picture was against an even more hilariously, like almost bone textured background. <laughs> so, like, like and the presentation guy... was bad start to finish. <laughs> Do we have a profile shot of him? Because it really makes me sad that this is the shot we have him. Uh, there isn't. There is another profile picture. I'll go grab that from Twitter in a minute, if you will. Um, and then we've obviously got. It does look like quite excitingly though. There, it's a, like it's a, a dual kit, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, because there's like two different builds for the for the rider, and you also get an additional Tomb King on foot if you, you know yeah. if you build it a certain way, which is awesome. Um, and I really like that. So, like, what's your like? What's your like shouts? Because actually, when I first saw it, I was hype, and everyone was <laughs> like hype. But then, and, and everyone agrees it's a really bad photo. Everyone agrees it's a bad photo. But the kind of like you know follow on from that is that I think some people don't aren't like it as much. Um, I think he's awesome. I no, I I I think he's awesome. I think um. Because of the way he's built, because he's a skeleton, uh, even if he is assembled in a weird way, uh, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities to repose him. So if you want a more dramatic, less crocodilian um, you know, posing, I'm sure that's possible. He looks like a, um, a the skeleton of the famous chicken dragon. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen that. I think it's one of the original dragons that Citadel ever released. It's just basically a lump of lead. Um, uh, so he looks like that without any flesh on its bones. I wonder if that's the illusion they're making or if I'm crazy about this. Chat, help me out. Am I crazy about that? Um, and uh, I really, really love uh, that he's also in the alternate build, Sun Safe. He's got a little canopy above his uh, above his howda, uh, and uh, you know keeps that. Uh, it's got a nice tattered canopy over him that will keep him safe, uh, and that's nice. There you go. That's a little better. Yeah. Yeah, so we we put up a better picture now for for people. I mean, a lot of people like some people have taken photos of the wings off. 
um, uh, like Photoshop the wings off and people are, are enjoying that as a range as well. Um, I think it would be interesting to, you know, just put the howder on the back of like a necrosphinx or something as an option sure. there as well. I think that would be cool for some, you know, uh, fun kind of kit conversions and stuff. And ultimately, um, I think, uh, you know, these designs are, I don't know, like, are they trying to give a nod to some old world aesthetic while also like these aren't, you know, what we're seeing from, from AOS where we're seeing these clearly influenced by modern design. You know, we saw the Elden Ring style flesh eater courts come out at the same time. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, these are the, I think from many of the designs, they've given a huge nod to the aesthetic of the past. Like, yes. And I, I feel, I feel that's what we're seeing here. And also with skeletal mounts, it's really hard to evoke anything when you don't have any of the stuff that like allows you to project those things. Like you have no muscles, you have no skin, uh, you have, you know, so you don't have a, you don't have a face really. Like they gave him an eye, angry eye socket, which is kind of funny. Mm. Um, but like, like when you think of like skeletal horses, they often uh, look a bit like mm, not very cool, like bed knobs and broomstick style. Uh, they look like a pile of clattering bones. So I think they've done a good job with this guy by giving him those really pronounced uh, teeth with the, and those like really razor sharp claws. Um, a lot of bangles on his hand. Looks like he might be going to the club after. Um, so like it's and you know the razors on his on his tail. Um, you know they they do make him look imposing and and vicious. Um, another thing uh, that I took away from this is another confirmed base size. It looked like a 100 by 150 size base, which is the largest base we saw in Warhammer Fantasy. Um, what's what the zombie dragon and, and terror geist came on and the Arachnarach spider. Um, so it's cool that the, the biggest models are still on that big, 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 big base. Um, but yeah, and also uh, continuing a theme that we've seen, uh, like with the Pegasus, um, a little bit of value in this kit. I mean, it's probably going to cost a billion dollars, but... Well, uh, you get we, we didn't you get an that. extra model out of it. It's plastic. Yeah, oh yes, yeah. Sorry, I, that, huge true. news. That's huge yes. news. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We, 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 yes, I think that goes without saying that these are this one's plastic. So that means we should get one more plastic kit out of them, and hopefully it too will be useful. But like like we saw with the Pegasus hero for the Bretonians, uh, you basically get you know one guy riding a Pegasus, but then you get the bits. Uh, that'll allow you to make, you know, another BSB for your army or another hero for your army uh, from the, you know, different rider options that came with. This one literally looks like it has an upper and lower body. Um, so that way, you know, whoever's not mounted on the uh, on the dragon, you literally get a second character for it, um, which is nice. Normally, that's not something that they do. And that seems to be a, a conscious choice that they've made uh, with all the plastic kits that we've seen is that they have, you know, a lot of utility. So with the Bretonian and Knights on Foot, they were built in a way that are um, uh, more modular. So the arms and the torsos and the heads and the, all of those are separate. They're not like they're like jigsaw puzzles like some kits are. Um, and uh, and that means that you know you can buy a unit of Foot Knights and you know spruce up your your Knights of the Realms or or make some cool Grail Knights or something like that. Um, we're seeing that hinted at here too, um, where you know it's it's a yeah we're only getting two plastic kits probably, but. Uh, you might get a lot of you might get a lot of uh, uh, utility out of those kits. Also, guess who we saw in the in the video? Guess who, who we saw? Who we saw? Derpy McSkeleton Bros. <laughs> <clears throat> so we've confirmed big hand skeleton guys back. 
Big hands, baby. Thick posts. Yeah. Thick, big old fatty spears. Yes. So that's their their back, which confirmed that would probably confirm to me all of the Tomb King Core infantry is is back. Which means all you speculators out there um need can breathe a sigh of relief. All of those very expensive Tomb King skeletons you've bought are still uh, the current model. So to uh round us off. I like I had a bit of a shower thought this week and I want to run it by you. Hmm, Rob in um, the shower, go on. <laughs> had a bit of a shower thought this Do week. Do not look in the uh ceiling vent of the of the guest bathroom if if you could. Um there is not a ceiling vent. Like uh <laughs> again, the Chinese restaurant that I live inside of uh doesn't have to <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, the um <laughs> uh, was the, it did Inspector Clouseau live in a in, in a Chinese restaurant or above a Chinese restaurant as well? You might you might actually come from a, a, a proud tradition. Uh, I think that would be really fun. Uh, oh, it's something from Tristan in the chat. Interesting fact, this was designed by many designers. The Howdle was sculpted by Steve Paints and Sculpts as a training sculpt. He is now a former SDS designer and went into Instagram. The Riders were sculpted by someone else and the Dragon by someone else. The Howdle was done before the Dragon. There you go. That's oh. interesting. Thanks, Tristan. Yeah, the, a lot of these things are kind of done in group uh, at over because they in in forge world or sorry special design studios there'll be someone who's like the monster person okay so and and you know someone who's the character person and so they generally tend to but anyway that's kind of specialist is in the name buddy yes so you right. can't you can't you can't be a specialist design studio if you just got people who are polymaths no you got to focus on what you know baby yeah exactly so that's fun it's a collaborative effort yeah okay so this is kind of my like my takeaway uh this is my shower thought that i want to leave like people who are watching this stream anyone on the patreon like and then you know people who are watching this back on podcast so i i i uh i got out my end times books the other day uh i was very excited and uh they're brilliant they're super cool and uh, i want to start this entire bit with i intend to buy the books uh, which is normally, I normally don't advocate for buying the books from Games Workshop. Oh, oh I see what you mean. Yes, okay. Yeah, I normally don't. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I normally don't advocate for buying books, right? Um, mm -hmm. But like, I'm quite excited to read about the lore. Um, and ultimately, like, um, I don't, I probably wouldn't buy the old world stuff, depending on how they're produced. If they're more like modern 40K books where it's just like a pamphlet, then I, maybe I'm less interested. Okay, jury's out on the books, but probably buy the books. However, I got all my end times books and I thought, oh my God, how much did I spend on these? And then someone earlier in the week, because the Empire Free Guild on Griffin is actually pretty good in the City of Sigmar army. And I was like, God right. damn it, I'm gonna have to buy another one. Because obviously I gave you mine. Um and long then gone. long gone, of course. And then I kind of thought about like just all that stuff that I did buy and how it was wasted. Uh, you know, and I got a little bit miffed earlier in the week. Okay. Oh God, Dremont Fair. It's getting you to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the um the bit that the, the bit that kind of bothered me was I thought about it like, you know, and I thought, I'm not a hundred percent certain. Like I'm as you all know, like I've been hyped about old world for more than a year, right? Like that's why we've been doing the show for a long time. But I was mm -hmm. actually like, you know what? You they did literally blow up my universe my game and also a lot of value financial value and also time value that i put yeah. into a lot of products um you know and i'm not 100 percent certain that like i'm willing to refinancially like input uh especially from those plastic kits so like mm -hmm. I, like i think my kind of shower thought is is that i think i'm still a bit pissed 
that okay about That's everything fine. that I think about yeah. everything that happened, and I think I'm going to probably mainly 3D print all. Uh, most, if not all, of the the miniatures that are for for my old world projects, you know, and three D printing my miniatures is already a good example anyway. Um, and it, I guess it is like you know, like in retribution, but also like also like I, you know, I don't really know why I would buy old because you brought up the skeletons. Why I would buy old big hand skeletons when there are much better modern skeletons that I could have uh, as yep. an example for much cheaper. And mm-hmm. so, like, you know, that's kind of my shower thought because I think a lot of people are <clears> going to be on this state. A lot, a lot of people are going to be in this place, returning players at least, new players. You know, you can make your own choices. But I think, uh, you know, I was just kind of like, fuck. Like, I got annoyed because I was reading through the the End Times books. and I bought every single End Times book. Yeah, I bought, yeah. like, and, and Valor Test. I was very much into Warhammer Fantasy Battle. I had a lot of miniatures. I played... Six skills, baby. Yeah, I, I played every single, like, week, if not two, three times a week. So I loved it. Mm-hmm. God, I, I wish you could play that many things of anything. Yeah, and I was just kind of like, bro, I think I'm just going to have to, like, not do that. Uh, does that make sense? And I, I'm sure that's a feeling or a conversation a lot of people are going to be having with themselves. Yeah, I so my my thing on on three D printing um, and has always been like I buy my my collections have always been comprised of uh, legitimate GW that I bought and built and painted myself, secondhand GW, China cast uh, for things that I had you know wanted but didn't want to pay full price for, um, and I always thought that 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 was a weird pricing strategy on GW's part that they could actually sustain a bootleg market <laughs> for their models because their pricing was so bad. But anyway, um, you know, like uh, uh, resin 3D parts from Poland and Spain. The, 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 my orcs are, are almost, uh, a lot of them have have those things. Uh, and now that 3D printing is a part of it, uh, I, I really love 3D printing. For me, what matters is, you know, are you getting value from whatever it is you're buying? You know, so like if you're looking at those Tomb King models and you're thinking, these look like, garbage i don't like the look of them i'm gonna have to spend so much time racing mold lines from the middle of those spears and from every weird angle of these of these things it's gonna oh, be a no, real pain mold lines yeah <clears throat> unless unless they've retooled in some fashion but anyway doesn't that wouldn't make sense either um you know like i i, I there's there's for example uh and tristan posted it in our um in our discord um, there's a really beautiful um, uh, uh, STL set that came out. I think it's my favorite Tomb King core infantry horses, you know, skeletal warrior type thing. Uh, and that goes over and beyond some other options uh, that's recently launched. And, uh, you know, my Tomb Kings, you know, for core infantry will likely be that or there'll be secondhand models that someone has sold at a reasonable price. Mm. Um, I'm not, I, I would like to put myself as model agnostic. And that goes not only for, um, you know, that goes for not only for, um, you know, uh, not using GW, but also using GW. There are just going to be some things from Games Workshop that are awesome and I'm going to want, or maybe even things that I don't own that are, would be nice to be able to buy at retail. Um, for example, I don't have uh, Carl Franz on, on Deathclaw or, 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 the, or the mage on, on Griffin. Um, I found him a bit obnoxious and, and kind of useless in, in the old in, in, in 8th edition. I never needed him. There will be all kinds of gaps in my, my armies from that way. It'll be a new game. Things that were good before will not be good now. Um, so yeah, uh, and how I replace those will largely depend. For example, looking at my dwarves, 
my Chaos Dwarves and my regular Dwarves. Right now, those lines are incredibly outclassed by, by third-party options. You've got Highlands Miniatures for, for, for standard Dwarves are gorgeous, and it's a complete line. And you've got um, uh, Infernal Dwarves uh, for, for Chaos Dwarves from, from Titan Forge. Incredible, beautiful things, plus the ones from um, uh, the guys that you uh, really like, and I never remember their names. Um, they do Bretonians, Tomb Kings, Lost Kingdom. uh, Chaos, or Lost Kingdoms. <clears throat> um, you know, and for me, it's about is is the STL or the 3D print or the third party model does it fit stylistically into a Citadel range of models? And I would say, in the examples I've given, hundred percent yes. And you're going to get an army that is going to be unique and beautiful, and you're going to give an independent uh, person some 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 money. Don't steal these things, by the way, guys. Um, you know, you're going to get an independent person, a designer, some money. Maybe one day they'll design for Citadel. And I'm still going to buy a bunch of stuff from Citadel. Certainly the books. I love my complete... It's the only completion of shelf I've ever had is, is my 8th edition collection of stuff. And uh, I'm going to want to keep doing that for assuming the values there. Like, And by that, I mean that they're releasing books that are, you know, more of an artifact that actually have, you know, pride of... of of uh, design and and uh, and some some you know effort put into to making them. They've been calling back a lot of the old artwork. I want those things. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't see why we have to say we're not giving GW a penny. I think if they earn a penny, oh, they get their was, penny. I hope that didn't. I no, no, that it, didn't come across. I'm not speaking that to you. I'm not saying that to you. I do see this the sentiment around. Okay. Um, I I feel I like I. I do see it around. Um, I, I also do not prescribe to the you know corporate charity mentality of if we don't pay them for this, they're gonna they're gonna take it away. Um, as you've seen from the run of uh, the you know, um, legions of Horus Heresy or whatever the epic Horus Heresy game, it's completely sold out. It's gone. So they're gonna produce. Uh, they're gonna basically produce um, a run of this game that is enough for them to justify the expense of the game, and it's gonna sell out immediately. And then, and then they won't make you might not have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so I don't think I don't think anyone has to worry about, you know, making sure that they're doing their bit to support old games workshop. Um, again, if if GW worked as hard as they are right now to earn players and like and by that I mean having, you know, engagement releases, talking about rules, talking to their community, talking to their community in a way that they think maybe they're wrong. They want to be talked to in the sense of this is a complicated game and you guys are so smart. Oh, look at you. You're so smart. You know how to use charts. Um, you it's know, quite like, flirty, then, isn't it? It's quite a flirty it is. post. Yeah. You know, like if I was, you know, like the, the neck beard is probably been like, oh, yeah, all right. Cool, oh, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, if they earn it, if they earn it, they deserve it. And, you know, that's, that's you know, this they are a, you know, they, they, they moonlight sometimes as a uh, cravenly capitalist organization. Uh, usually they're just rent seeking, and uh, and as long as they're not rent seeking, i.e., making me buy stuff that I don't want or need uh, and is of a low quality, then we have a deal. And so far, everything indicates to me that they won't be doing that. That they will be producing quality stuff that I won't be tempted to um, you know replace with a bootleg 3D print because I'll want the original thing because it's awesome and that's all they have to do. Because they are at the end of the day, as much as I rag on them, as much as I give them a hard time. They are really good at making awesome shit. Really good at it. Like, really good. I wake up at five o'clock in the morning to come hang out with you to talk about their stuff. Clearly, I like it. So uh, yeah, as long I'm, as they're producing I'm, stuff I'm really, I like, they're going to get my money. Yeah, I, I think what I'm what I'm trying to say is, is that I think I'm going to be that like, because I, I kind of, I basically, like, I hype checked myself. 
I was like, Rob, right. Rob, come on. Like, <laughs> come on. You bought so much of that shit and they just like, they just literally kicked you in the dick. And you were like, and it was an awful time right. and it sucked. Right. And I and I had put a lot of man hours into building armies, producing armies. And this is a feeling a lot of people have. And I'm like, you know, and I think basically what I'm going to say is, is they're going to have to fight for my money versus I'm just going to throw it at them. Does that make sense? I get it. And I'm saying that all indications to me is that they are earning it right now. And thank you, SDS, for doing that and making this a labor of love. But also, Rob, your response to being kicked in the dick was, why don't I go work for them? Followed by, why don't I dedicate my life to creating content for them? So like, well, no, you know, no, no, my, no, 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 not them. That's super important. Not them. For the community. Been, for the community. Thank you very much. Like, and also, I went to work for them because I was like, maybe I can help these dickheads out. Yeah. Right. And I think no, I did okay. I, I did okay for a bit. <laughs> yeah. I did okay for a bit. Right. That's important. Yeah. And then, uh, like, you know, like I had a bit of a moment this weekend because the, the Warhammer Championships was on, and both of us have been invested, um, you know, in that for a long time. And me and Val did have a, a meeting, like or a chat, like a dinner, like five years ago, maybe longer, where I did say, at some point, you're going to see there be you know, like a, an esports style event. And then, you know, they're going to be live streaming it. And it, like, it took, a, like, I put those initial stages in, you know, it was live streamed on a Warhammer Twitch channel I created, you know, yeah. and a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, that happened this weekend. So I was happy. And they proud. were using it and they were using a, a show that I designed. So there you go. We both. <laughs> Right. So like, like, you know, we pushed, we pushed the envelope forward for the community at least, but I definitely don't make content for Games Workshop uh, because otherwise... I'm sorry, I, I phrased that, I phrased that wrong. What I'm saying is that if you were kicked in the dick so bad, you didn't then go play Warm of Hordes or, or Magic the Gathering. You know no, what I'm because, saying? You no, still, because, you... because importantly, I do really like the thing. That's the really like, mm -hmm. like, like if anything, that's evidence that I like the thing. The evidence yes, that I exactly. like the thing, uh, like, and I'm not like some like corporate weirdo who's just like, like, so, like I don't care who works there. Um, like, I don't, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? I just like the thing yeah. and exploring the thing. Yeah. Uh, and so that's and, the thing that's exciting for me. And then also, ultimately, the alternate sculptors probably also going to explore more of the thing as well. And that's actually really exciting 100%. for me. So I think yes. that's good. Like, I think. Um, because you like the thing, and I think that's what, um, when whether you're talking about Star Wars fandom or if you're talking about old fantasy players or even current 40K players or any of these things, when you get really attached to one of these worlds and the, the you know, the custodians of it, um, or Game of Thrones finale, when the custodian doesn't love the thing as much as you do, that's literally unrequited love. One of the most awful scenarios a human being can find themselves in where you're not getting back what you're putting in. And... So far, uh, and this is kind of how I felt in the lead up to 8th edition, I won't lie, 8th edition 40k, not fantasy, was um, they they had done everything they could to make us go away, and we were just standing outside the window with a boombox. And, you know, eventually they, they, they came back with something that was so much fun. It was collaborative, super engaging, a really exciting period to be a part of the community, um, and, you know, got me head over heels involved in tabletop gaming and all of the amazing things that have come with that for me personally. Um, you know, and then when they got away from that in 40 K and they, you know, they probably, you know, a year and a half of ninth edition, um, they were, they were, they forgot what got them there for sure. And, um, turned me off so hard that I, I cannot look at a 40 K game right now, uh, without being irrationally upset despite people enjoying it. You know, so I totally get the the kick in the dick thing, and I really hope that doesn't happen here. 
No, um, like and well, the thing is, know. is that what I'd like to do is like I'd like to protect myself from that process. I think that's right. basically where my shower thought came from. Opening, it was opening those end times books made me so like I was like I remember pouring over them and thinking up army ideas and buying kits. Right. So I was like, I'm gonna do this. It's gonna be so fun. <clears throat> and then yeah. like you know, and then to just like just have rocks dropped on you from space was crazy at the time. I'd also like yeah. to point out that like my other version of this again because I'm a huge fan. My right. other favorite version of this is that, like, I've been like one of my favorite horror series books. I'm also a horror series fan. I'm generally just a fan of this stuff. Like, yeah, is, uh, the horror series fan. Uh, Mechanicum is my favorite Black Library book, probably. And <laughs> yeah. um, and then I have collected the you know the 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 horror Heresy Mechanicum range. And then when Mechanicum came up 40k, I collected that as well. And then I was right. like, at the time, I was like, okay, seventh edition. Obviously, this is nonsense. What a terrible company. But then eighth edition, they're like, we're going to re revisit it. We're going to change it all up. Be like, okay, great. Obviously, you're going to sell the horror Heresy stuff so that you can use it for 40k. That would make the most sense. All those miniatures are incredible. Also, Tires of Syraxis. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you're like tenth edition, ninth edition, and then tenth edition, and you're like. Nine years or whatever it's been of like the best models languishing, like and to be to be heartbroken about uh, like not being able to use toys which are great in the setting in which they they literally exist inside of. So right. like like I think that's what happened this week. I think I reality checked myself and I was like I was like, look, you've been a fan too hard, too much. You've been too passionate about it for too long, and you need to be more conscious of that when you start building your um, uh, when you start building your old world armies. Uh, so I think that's that's going to happen for me. I think unfortunately, I think we've we've touched on this a little bit, and I think I'd love to pick them on this thread because I will say that I let things beyond my control ruin something that i really really exactly love. exactly exactly you know so so i and i what was interesting to me about abandoning 40k because I, I literally again people love 40k and they are right to love 40k in the similar sense of how people love aos but there are people who cannot forgive aos for the fact that it only exists because fantasy was destroyed out of nowhere right Can you see my latest uh, video <laughs> I, I shall um so um, you know, like I, I get, I get that. And so when I said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I became a toxic member of the community because I couldn't open my mouth about 40 K and not say, and say a nice thing about it or be interested in any of the positive aspects at all. Whereas before I was, I mean, you knew me on the adjacent show. I was a, I was full blown GW apologist. The app is too important. It cannot fail. They could not possibly screw this up. I've had some terrible takes out coming from that perspective. And I think what going back and playing the dead game has done for me, so playing 8th edition, is A, took me out of that rat race, so I wasn't like a super obsessed with every single thing that dripped out of GW and what level of quality it was at. Um, you know, 8th edition fantasy is what it is, <clears throat> and you know, you can, and if it's not what you want it to be, you can fix it. And on top of that, there's there still exists a community out there that maintains it and, you know, keeps the flame alive and, you know, provides means of accessing and playing the game that maybe is better than it was out of the box. And that's where I think this is a situation again, where they can't hurt us. You know, if they have, if they, if they release derpy skeletons, um, well, that's dumb because I would have loved to buy your very not derpy fancy skeletons, GW. I'm going to go get better skeletons. No problem. You can't hurt me. I'm still going to play the game. I'm going to buy the rules 100%. I'll probably buy every book uh, and I'll buy a lot of the cool kits as I see fit, but it's not about, um, you know, like what, what they release or what they do is ultimately beyond my control. If we find out there are some like mechanics that did get through play testing because they didn't really push the boundaries 
we will, by the way, whether they're the ones I've highlighted or uh, they're, they're ones that uh, you know, are discovered in time, um, there will be stuff that's just winds up not great out of the box. 100%. That's going to happen. Well, what's going to, what are we going to do about it? We'll fix it until they fix it themselves. And that's how, that's how I see it. I think the biggest mistake of eighth edition, uh, of eighth edition 40 K was the community giving everything back to GW and saying, you tell us what to do. I think the most beautiful thing about, you know, the, you know, tabletop gaming and the communities is that they were community driven, that we solved our own problems uh, and that in a lot of ways, we answered problems that GW still hasn't gotten back to looking at you chess clocks and floor rules uh, at your world at your world championships. Um, you know, there, there are still things that, you know, the community can do better than them because we value different things uh, than what they value. And as long as we don't lose sight of that, they can't they, they can't hurt us. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that's really important. Like, I, in in my opinion, now we take after the greatest community that exists, and that's the Blood Bowl community. Blood Bowl community is self policing. They are self managing. Uh, they're like, we, we've got a billion different kits and alternate scopes for from everything that we could ever want. So, like, you know, you can't be mad at us. Like, the Blood Bowl community don't care, and they ha just have a growing and thriving community with so many people playing. And it's like it's absolutely the right way to go when it comes to like community building which as we have stated the square base podcast show you know universe our job is event creation community creation and building and developing a community who are fans around this thing with the intent to include people in that not exclude people that's the, that's that's, just, that's the point of the of being hashtag square bast uh so that's the goal for the future uh which is fun and i'm looking forward to it so i'm looking forward to next week i'm looking forward to this week when we get to play some warhammer fantasy battles and be square bast Oh man, it's gonna be so much fun! I am really excited. Again, still four tickets left. If you are in nearby southwestern Ontario, uh, Toronto, if you're anywhere within eight hours, come play. Uh, the uh, last thing I want to point out was we were talking about the end times. We were talking about AOS and and where that came from. Mm. Rob has always told me the per the name of the man who uh, killed uh, the end times, and I wasn't Idiots. sure. I wasn't sure. Uh, sorry, killed fantasy, and I wasn't sure how how to take it. And well. Wouldn't you know, uh, Warhammer or Games Workshop's um, uh, therapist? Uh, I, uh, Jordan Sorcery is a, is a YouTube creator who has just been going from interview to interview to interview. And his most recent interview is Alan Merritt. And Alan Merritt in that Jordan doesn't say a word for 15 minutes while Alan Merritt tells the story of how he killed Warhammer Fantasy. And I think it will be a, a, one of my first edited videos for this channel. Uh, because it is just such an incredible um, peek behind the curtain. Ultimately, do you have a, T Rob, do you have a TLDR. Uh, TLDR was him. Was basically Mer Merritt was always a, a production guy, and he was involved in IP uh, towards the end of his reign. And uh, he claims to have uh, suggested the idea of a, uh, a sort of a narrative framework where you have sort of different realms that people could go between, so you're not really tied down to any sort of physical location or place. And when they were, and then he talked about the discussion around, well, how do you bring this game in and and also fix the fantasy problem? Because the fantasy problem at the time was obscured by um, sales in other areas, but essentially, sales weren't great for fantasy um, before the end times, and uh, they were looking for ways to solve it. And they came to the conclusion that if you half baked it, i.e., you had two games, like a skirmishy fantasy game and a uh, rank and flank fantasy game, you wouldn't get everybody to come over and so they decided he actually recommended that they kill fantasy 
he said, I basically, he said, I did it. Um, <laughs> and here's how I did it, uh, which was fascinating to me. Um, it's somewhere around the halfway to two thirds mark. If you wanted to skip ahead, I should go find this. If this, the timestamp's not in the comments, someone should add it there. Um, but, uh, and oddly, oddly, uh, sympathetic, I would say. I expected him, him to be quite crass about it. I couldn't tell if he ate a burrito or if he was genuinely emotional. Um, he kept <sighs> kind of swallowing. It was either indigestion or emotions. I couldn't tell which. He was English. Um, so, uh, I wonder if you mentioned, you know, like, like, uh, pursuing and engaging in chapter house, which like, uh, destroyed GW pretty much like a, a ton or if, or like, or mention all the times when he would be wildly abusive in the per workplace as, as is, as is yeah, the stories I, got, I, I, I was told multiple times when he Definitely was golden less on that, Rob. when he was golden That's shaked out the hand of the company. I've never heard so many, like I was new. They were like, oh, Alan Merrick's going. I'm like, I don't know who that is. They were like, he's a Bring monster. Bring down the witch is dead. Like, yeah, yes. <laughs> like, he's a fucking uh, monster. Yes. He was also a guy who, uh, again, and you see this in a lot of low-cost uh, companies, he came from, literally, uh, the, the casting warehouse. So his first gig was pouring lead into molds, uh, which they discovered at one point was radioactive, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but at any rate, Amazing. Uh, lots of great stories in it, lots of great insight. Whether or not you do find him sympathetic, that's obviously not, uh, th that's up to you to decide. But I mean, as far as a revelation as to how could this possibly have happened, it is a firsthand account of how it happened from the guy who at, at the very least advocated it. Obviously, other people needed to agree. Um, but uh, it's a fascinating chat. Because I do find that in the fullness of time, AOS was important uh, because the game system that they built for AOS was such a disaster. And you'll note that everyone involved in the decisions around uh, around the end times and around the the launch of AOS, they were all gone by the by by like within a number of like within a couple of years because it was such a disaster. And AOS was rescued by its community. 40k was rescued by its community, and that's Blood what Bowl. we see. In, and and Blood Bowl, well, Blood Bowl never needed rescue; it never stopped. Um, but yes, Blood Bowl, uh, like definitely maintained by its community. Um, and, uh, in 2017, when you get eighth edition 40 K, you get a version of 40 K that reflected its community. You get, uh, and with AOS 2.0, you get a version of AOS that met the needs of its community. And that is all because these guys screwed up so badly. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd never like seeing someone lose their jobs and it was probably a golden handshake. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, it's, it's a fascinating interview. And also the, the flip side of this and this, and then I got to go. Gav Thorpe is also interviewed at length and Gav Thorpe uh, talks about when he did storm of chaos and that moment where he tried to essentially do the secretix maledictum, uh, you know, 15 years before it happens in 40 K, but for fantasy where, you know, chaos is president. It basically changed the setting, move it forward, make it more exciting. And he was essentially vetoed. And it sure seemed to me like that was the moment he decided to leave the company. I, um, I, I just want to very quickly uh, just talk about Alan Merritt's golden handshake. My favorite story at the time at Games Workshop is he was given the Evie Metal as like a as a goodbye, the Alariel model that you get in Age of Sigmar now. He was he was given gifted the the Evie Metal one, and then wow. like and literally That's... the day like, they were like they were like thank you very much. It was a whole ceremony. There's there it is, and like yeah. the day later, like one of the guys at the studio was like, "What have you done?" And they were like, "Give it." They were like, "We need that." For photography, like, <laughs> do, you, 
do you have any idea what you've done? Like, yeah, we, 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 that's really important. Like, anyway, anyway. Uh, some, right, okay. some good stuff. Worth, worth a watch, and so is our show. Thank you, everyone, by the way, for all of the comments. I've responded literally to every single comment that has ever been made on the show. I will continue to try and keep that pace up until I'm fat on uh, Patreon money and my ego inflating beyond the need to respond to my, uh, my fans. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I won't respond. Okay, right. So it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. I hope you've all had a lovely time. Thanks for listening and being square bast. Don't forget to be square bast in your community. Loads of love from us to you. See you all soon. Goodbye.